Hello, and welcome to The Bridge, where our goal is to connect fans with bands. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Zach. Uh, I'm drinking my latte once again today. Uh, Zach, what are you drinking today? I've got a delicious beer here from uh, the center of Germany, from the Thuringen region. It's called Festbock, which means uh, something like celebratory deer or something like this. But then at the <laughs> same time, uh, Bock also is a slang term for desire. Uh, so it could also mean something like a uh, desire to party. There's certainly a fantastic selection of beer here. And you want to know something? It's exciting to go to the beer store because while there are certainly uh, certain brands, um, this beer, for instance, I can only find at a very specific corner store in the city. And so it's always worth your while to sort of pick your way into every nook and cranny and every little tiny shithole store that you see because okay. you never know what, what, what gems you may find, what diamonds in the rough. Maybe I'll, may, send, uh, I'll send you some jam jams and you'll send me some beer. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it <that laughs> seems like a fair trade-off. There is, <laughs> there is no Newfie store in Germany, unfortunately. Every province in Canada has at least one, you know, come-from-away store or some Newfie store for somebody who's terribly homesick and having to work away from Newfoundland, but uh, not in Germany. No, not in Germany. So you might need some purity sent your way. Uh uh, my dad used to always say, uh, good God damn damn, I want a jam jam. And uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's been so, like seared into my brain. Uh, so whenever I, I even see a jam jam, I have to say it out loud. <laughs> good God damn damn, I want a jam jam. Yeah. Uh, so the album we're talking about today is by The Weather Station, an album called Ignorant. What can you tell me about this band? Yeah, so The Weather Station are the brainchild of Tamara Lindemann. And this is their fifth release. First album she released was an indie release. It was called All of It Was Mine. She released it independently. And then she has also released another record independently as well. However, I can't recall the name of it, and I'm not sure if it's available on Spotify because though there's only four of her albums available on Spotify, I read around a little bit, and she has definitely released five records. She started off as a very minimalist, country folk-based artist with bluegrass influence, a lot of finger-picking, banjo work, and so on. Since her initial release, however, since her initial release of All of It Was Mine, she has consistently evolved her style to become more folk rock oriented it is less minimalistic she introduces more different instruments introducing stronger guitar chords there's strong um there's more drums like the drum has become the anchor of the band yes absolutely i have actually a large comment on that one as we go through i've noticed that very well uh, and some readings I did about how she went and wrote this album, I guess I'll mention it now, but that she wrote most of these songs for this album, Ignorance, kind of on her own uh, with a piano. And so she worked fundamentally with kind of those built-in um, drum beats on the, uh, on the piano as she kind of like wrote. And I think uh -huh. that that kind of uh, rudimentary beginning shows a lot in the structure of a lot of these songs. You can t I feel like... A lot of songs are built from the drums up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to follow up on what I was saying about how with each record she evolves her sound somehow and has been progressing towards this more country rock, folk rock sound, this album is a very large leap. And I think that is part of the reason why it is the music is so centered around the drums. They have a very strong presence in just about every song, except some of the slower tracks, which are far more stripped down and minimalist, which remind me a little bit more of her earlier work. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the music is kind of folk uh, in terms of personality and writing, um, but the music is definitely very meticulously 
and specifically arranged. And I think that's maybe that jazz influence that you're kind of talking about. And plus with the uh, more broad range of instruments that you'll see on this, where it is folk rock. I think it is, but it's in that genre. It does spread its wings a little bit. And just these, these little things yeah. that give it that jazz influence, not to mention there's also, uh, it also uses a, a lot of piano, like you mentioned, and also the saxophone occurs on a couple of tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where I've developed this idea about it being a very strongly jazz influenced record. And I think if you go back and you listen to even her last her last album, you'll notice there's a very stark departure from the sound. Right. That's kind of what the comment, commentary I was hearing about this album. Uh, I hadn't really heard of it until you brought it to my attention. Uh, but doing a light uh, breezing about what the album kind of was getting reception, I was getting a lot of, this is a leap for the band that this was a new sound that they were kind of uh, engaging with and experimenting with. And a lot of people were uh, enjoying it, I think. You you were saying that you had a lot of um, positive reviews that you had seen. I kind of got the same kind of sentiment, generally positive. Uh, I think we'll see how uh, me and you turned out. We should also note that Tamara Lindemann, she's a very strong lyricist. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes out of the singer-songwriter folk tradition that she emerged from. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is no other song um, other than the introductory track, uh, Robber, which places or emphasizes her strength as a songwriter even further because the track has very ambivalent lyrics. And this record has been hailed as being a record that focuses on the dangers of climate change and the complicated feelings have people have uh, about the lifestyle changes that will have to occur or their conflicted feelings about just this present moment that we're in as far as climate change goes. And it seems like the world's on a bit of a tipping point, especially obviously with the coronavirus. But, you know, after the coronavirus is over, there's still a host of problems that we're going to have to address, address globally as global citizens of the world. And so the lyrics for Robber, you could read them in, very, in, in several ways. They could read as though she's describing a relationship, as if she's describing uh, the climate crisis, or if she's describing inequality that arises because of capitalism. Right. Uh, when I was reading through the lyrics, I kind of landed on the latter. Uh-huh, um, okay, I yeah. took this to be a song about... Oh, the wealthy's paranoia, you know? She takes this approach, but never fearing the robber. She's danced with the robber. She's learned to wring from his hand the touch of a lover. You know, she's kind of family within this this robber persona, which I believe in this song is kind of the middle to lower class, I think, is kind of the idea. A lot of these companies and uh, wealthy uh, organizations or people always seem to have this paranoia that people are stealing from them and they want to take from them because of what they have. Um, She kind of takes this uh, approach as this third person, which she does in several of these tracks, kind of watching the scenario in front of her. She takes this uh, perspective as not seeing the robber. You know, she doesn't see this robber. He doesn't exist because it's just a idea conjured up by that upper 1% class. There is a good section here that I think expresses both her her writing chops and the kind of theory that I'm going with here. You never believed in the robber, but the robber never believed in you. You're two halves of the same piece divided in two. No, the robber don't hate you. He had permission. Permission by words, permission of thanks, permission by laws, permission of banks. And I think that really encompasses her coldness to to this wealthy class and their perspective of being robbed. And it's like, no, she doesn't see it that way. It, it's she sees it as almost deserved and and uh, and brought on by all these other things. 
and she ends the the lyrics actually in a very interesting uh, visual that I was very a big fan of. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think the ending uh, stanza to this to this song, the lyrics are, it's poetry in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and to go over it, nobody taught me nothing was mine. If nothing was mine, taking was was all there was. Looting at dawn, looting at dusk. Hold open the gates, the uh, gates for the for the want with lust. And this last line, I think, is is pure poetry in which speaks to her ability as a writer and all i saw was the dust kicked up yeah and, and i think i can't help but read that and get goosebumps i you know? agree this this image of the dust being kicked up in the wind and, and you sort of there's all these other associations that come along with it and like you said yeah goosebumps it's a, it's a chilling image absolutely and i think that's one of her strengths as a writer through this album is being able to conjure these images she doesn't over describe things. I think Robert might be her best written song on the album. Maybe I don't think she overwrites things a lot, but at certain points she will do great diligence in describing one particular thing in not an overly verbose way, but a very specific slash vague way, which is kind of a paradox, but uh, I'll, I'll explain. I'll, I'll give more examples of this as we go. Um, but I thought her writing was phenomenal on this track. Uh, it really stood out to me as a highlight single of this year. Uh, maybe one of my favorite singles of the year. This is a, a strong must listen, even if you do, if in, in the end the album may not be something you're interested in. I think this song, along with following the lyrics, is a strong, highly recommend for me. Yeah, for uh, 100%. And the reason this album had has garnered as much attention as it has is because this track was released as the single leading up to the record's release. It was released in either late September or October, and it was received with universal acclaim. Yeah. And so it's sort of the the pioneering song for the album even though the third track in tried to tell you is the most listened to track according to the spotify statistics anyways i also however, noticed that yeah however uh, th this was the breakout moment for this album and i also forgot to men mention in the beginning and just as a short aside she's actually created music video for each song on this record Okay, okay. Which, I was uh I, when I was listening to this album, I was kind of like typing in and a video would pop up and I'd watch the one of them. So I watched Robber. <laughs> and then I, I typed in another one, another video came up and I was like, okay, I watched Atlantic, which is the second track. And then Tried to Tell You, I typed it in, that popped up and I watched Tried to Tell You. And I was like, wow, all the singles are at the beginning, <laughs> beginning of this album. Uh, I didn't continue that trend with all of them. But you're saying that there's a video for every single song here? They're not the most elaborate videos. Robert is no. the most elaborate, for sure. However, yeah, she, she created somewhat of a movie, I guess. And if you want to watch the watch the music videos instead of watching it on Spotify, I would, yeah, maybe recommend it. Because I think the visual communicates the mood and atmosphere of the album. I actually really enjoyed it. I didn't catch that. I did somewhat notice that every time I, I searched one up, there was a video for it, but I didn't uh, conclude that there was one for every song. I actually really like that. Uh, I should, I'll probably after uh, this review, probably go and watch them all in, in order. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah. So just to follow up on some of your comments about the lyrics, it's interesting that you perceive the lyrics or read the lyrics from a top-down position, from corporations sort of looking down and feeling as though they've been robbed. Because I looked at it from a down-up perspective, as if it was a worker or a member of the proletariat that was speaking against the corporations and the capitalist system and this late-stage capitalism that we find ourselves in and how, yeah. it's, how it's not working. And uh, whether or not we are right or wrong doesn't matter. I think what's important is that 
her lyrics are written in such a way that it both perspectives work. Right. The reason I took my perspective is because she she comes from this third person perspective, right? And but and so she talks about the robber in this way where the robber doesn't hate you, right? And I felt like this was more commenting on the lower class being the robber, um, being deemed or classified as a robber by maybe media or these organizations. And she's kind of like counterpointing. is like, no, you know, I don't see a robber. And it's not that these people hate you or have militia against you. It's that, again, your point about the capitalist uh, scenario, they're in a situation where, you know, they need to fight to survive, you know, fight to uh, against the oppression and scenarios that they find themselves. So it's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. I just kind of took it from the top down, you know, that the organizations were kind of spreading the idea of a robber uh, and kind of like uh, casting dispersions on the people just because of the way that she talks about the robber and how the perspective she takes on it. Well, I think more generally what she's speaking to is something that all of us are guilty of, or at least the spirit of the times is gu- guilty of, and it, it it is embodied in these final lyrics. If nothing was mine, then taking was all there was, looting at dawn, looting at dusk. Hold open the gates for want of lust. There's this sense of greed, you know, and I think it mm-hmm. exists on both sides. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, but I think she kind of gets this, the kind of coldness and, and callousness that she kind of delivers her, her singing in, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit as we go through. Yeah. Uh, I think kind of uh, kind of disperses this feeling of she doesn't have any, she doesn't care about that upper class, you know? So she, there's kind of like this reverence that this is deserved is kind of how I took that. Mm-hmm. Um, shocks with the lust and, you know, uh, as you were saying, and it kind of, it kicks up this greed and, and rabidness that's there, but it kind of comes off feeling like a endorsement of. Riot is the language of the unheard. Uh, so it's, it's kind of, I kind of felt like it was, I'm turning a blind eye to this, you know, as the, the Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, Riot kind of turn a black eye to some of the violence because you understand the emotional and uh, strength of the sentiment that is riling people up. And sometimes, you know, they do certain things that you might point finger at and say, you know, shouldn't do that. You know, that's a bit much or whatever. But she turns a blind eye to it. And as I have, and as other people have, to certain extremes in this in this kind of like field, she almost kind of envisions them as, you know, people fighting for their freedoms and for their rights. And based on the permissions, again, that she that she deems that they've given. But yeah, how did you find the instrumentals on the uh, on the track? Yeah, so the instrumentals, it's the only song I think I could be wrong, but it makes a very strong statement as the introductory song that it has a, a introduction that lasts for an entire minute, fifty five seconds, I believe. Yes. And, it introduce it introduces itself or it contains a saxophone, piano, and drums. These are the three main core instruments. And the saxophone and the piano, they have this beautiful moment throughout the song where they hit their hit their keys at the same time. And also on this track, there's that rim shot that I spoke of earlier that is very typical for jazz-oriented orientated drums. And that, that rim shot, really, it's, it has that high pitch. It hits really quick. And uh, again, it brings a sense of immediacy. Right. There's a, there's a point in the song that I think really emphasizes kind of what you're, what you're saying. The vocals hit. Uh, they're cold measured very haunting delivery uh she performs like a like a judging ghost on this song like a like an angel passing judgment or just disappointed it's kind of yeah. like the the vocal delivery and and i think this it, to your point there's a part of the song where i took a lot of joy in this is like maybe my favorite instrumental uh so- part of the song right before the breakdown 
and it builds up into the breakdown. And she's singing, turn your gaze from the window's light, turn your attention to this sharp knife. And as soon as she says that, the strings all ascend to this sharp sting, and the breakdown begins. A violin kicks in at that point. Right. And it's just like this chilling development into this dance of instruments filling the air, and it's like kind of like all around you. Like there's kind of there's a structure here, but it's it's almost shrouded. It almost feels chaotic and, and like random and sporadic. But there's you pay attention. There is a structure going on with the instruments as as this uh, this climax and breakdown goes on, and she returns to the song again, uh, to the lyrics rather. So I really enjoyed this song. Robert was a clear highlight for me. I think this might be one of my favorite songs of the year so far. I definitely recommend at least, at the very least, listening to this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this song, uh, as you were saying about about the musical r- arrangements, it has this sort of additive effect. As the verses build, there's more a- instruments are added. They add a guitar, they add a violin, and then the and the arrangements actually start to change, and it never starts to repeat itself. But then somehow it sounds very familiar, and then towards the end it has this great build, and yeah, a fantastic song, perhaps, like you said, one of the best single releases of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next song. I think we've beaten this one to death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to talk about Atlantic a little bit because I think there's a, some lyrics here as well that uh, kind of express more of kind of how I feel her writing is really interesting. It's hard for me, lyrically, it's hard for me not to generalize music during this time to be COVID-related. But the song seems to be about escaping to the Atlantic, to all its beauty, uh, and she paints a gorgeous picture. And in the half-life, this is lyrics, sorry. In the, in the half-life, soft wind on my skin, pink clouds massing on the cliffs, thinking, how can I touch this? How can I touch, touch the softest petal, softest stem, softest leaf, bending green in my palm? And that's the, and most of the other lyrics on the song are pretty kind of like straightforward. There's not like a lot of super layer to it. Uh, maybe if you want to dig into it, you can probably pull it apart. But I find here, she takes one uh, stanza to like really kind of like get descriptive with this description of like the softest petal or the pink clouds massing on the cliffs. She does a great job, especially having grown up in the Atlantic myself as yourself. These are very images I can, I can easily conjure and fill the, fill the spaces in, you know, I can, I can see myself on a, uh, on a grassy knoll, just, encompassing all of these descriptors that she's is giving and in the peace and tranquility that comes along with it. So I think her strength, uh, and this will come up as you go, is her ability to talk about things, uh, maybe some cliche topics or very common topics, but she avoids cliches throughout her writing. And to avoid those cliches, she takes interesting approaches, sometimes from a third person, sometimes they, usually from her own perspective. But she sometimes she applies things to other people in the narrative. But her ability to like talk about things without getting so cliche and in the common phrases it makes her writing unique sometimes how she talks about things. I was really interested in the song just because of the uh, the, the lyricism and her her voice is still interesting and the instrumentals are still really compelling to me. She has another point here where she talks about uh, commenting on the headlines and getting over all the dying off her mind. Uh, you know, can I just cover my eyes? And that's kind of where I thought maybe the COVID relation was. But, you know, if I listen to the song uh, in an era where COVID is not prevalent, I think I still see this, this song having a lot of merit. You know, a lot of the headlines and all the news is really a lot of negative news, a lot of death, a lot of, you know, that kind of swirling up. And I think she comments kind of how, she's getting caught up in this a little bit and she needs to escape, but uh, go ahead. How did you feel about the song? Well, to follow up with what you're saying, and I agree as a Canadian. And when I dove into the lyrics and I made special note of this on the track separated, which is the sixth track on the album, there's a certain wildness to her lyricism in the sense that she 
evokes the wild aesthetic of the Canadian landscape and Canadian geography. She really uses the ocean, the mountains, the open space, the pastoral landscape that fills out so much of uh, of Canada and which so many people from Canada you know live in a lot of people in Canada live in towns i think it's like 40% or 50% of Canadians live in small towns you know did you uh, did you find that this song made you uh, a homesick or at least this album maybe uh no it didn't make me homesick because uh as much as people can romanticize about the Canadian landscape and everything, I find it to be almost like, almost like a prison because everyone is so far apart. It's like you're sort of trapped in this one location, and then the next person is so far away. Um, however, I, I will admit that yeah, it made me feel fondly, or it made me think fondly of Canada. The nice visuals I have of the place. And it was great to finally read lyrics and hear a voice out of Canada that is not sort of centered on the urban life that is so, like, lyrics about Drake, that come from Drake, singing about the six. And I can remember when I first moved abroad, people asked me if I was from the six. And I was just... (laughs) You know, oh man, it was heartbreaking. It was like, oh God, no, really? This is what you think of Canada? It's it's just the six, you know? But on the international stage, this is what people have in mind. They think Canada is Montreal and Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And this album speaks more widely to what Canada is as a province, and I, or sorry, not as a province, as a country. And it can be found in the aesthetic of her lyricism. Right. And I do want to say something about this song specifically, and not just generally about the, about her lyricism. This track for me is indicative of what becomes a problem for me on the album, especially after listening to her previous records where her voice was in the foreground and you could hear the lyrics very clearly. I find this album is it's difficult to hear what she's saying because she's changed her singing style a little bit and the tracks are louder. It's not so it's not based on uh, this finger picking guitar style. Drums are louder, there's more cymbals and so on. And so I find that her her voice and the beauty of her ly- lyricism gets lost in this musical shift that the band is making. Okay. Um, This is the song where I commented on her voice, always staying measured. There's never a point where she explodes vocally. Uh, Instead, the instrumentation will swell and crescendo in certain climatic parts, and that kind of delivers the emphasis that her voice, you know, kind of pulls back from. And I, it kind of still creates that grand moment, which I really enjoyed. I called it, uh, I also called this a little shoegazy because of the same qualities that you just gave, not in ter- sort of the reverb and drowning guitars that you hear in Loveless um, or, or My Blood Valentine, but more in the sense that, like you're saying, her, vo- her voice is kind of a little behind the mix. That's uh, that's a good note. That's a good note, actually, because I have I I, I mentioned yeah her voice. It's almost like she's looking down at the stage when she's when she's singing. Like her her voice sounds like a whisper. Right. I didn't mind that. You 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 kind of commented on how it kind of hides her lyricism and stuff, and that's true. I don't think she's super hard to hear. Uh, this is not. I don't think you mean to say that she's super hard to hear. Uh, but maybe a little more difficult in comparison to her other work. Uh, and because the instruments are a little more in the foreground. Uh, but I think they work together really well. Again, how sometimes the instrumentation will do something if so her voice doesn't have to. And I don't think her voice can't. I think she, this is a very conscious decision of how she wanted it to sound and how her voice to mix with the, the music. So I that... did have the similar comment, but I wasn't such a critique of it. Well, I think maybe 
I went back and listened to some of her earlier work, and so I am coming from that perspective a little bit, where her sure. voice very much in the front, and you could hear the lyrics far better. And yeah, her singing style, she's changed it to accommodate this new jazz arrangement that the band is experimenting with. Sure. So she's speaking, she's singing in, it's either a lower tone or she's going really high. There's no in-between. And um, In her older work or this current work? No, in this current work. In some tracks, she goes really high, like uh, the last track, for instance, Subdivisions. I wouldn't say it's soaring, but she, she hits a higher register. It's not, And then on a track like Atlantic or Robber, it, it's, it's lower. It's almost like she's registering almost the same tone as the drums. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that as you go through. Let's, let's talk about Tried to Tell You. Because I yep. also enjoyed this one. I am impressed with the way she writes. Even though it's like a love song, she does great not to lean on cliches again in this one. Uh, she takes a third-person perspective, describing this other person. She's a captivating writer. And she kind of and, and that writing really lifts up the album a lot. Uh, it makes it more engaging uh, to listen to or just to read along with. I find the albums do a lot of great work here. To follow up on what you're saying, it's very much an album that you would read along to with mm-hmm. the, as far as the lyrics go, because listening uh, listening on its own, and I've listened to the record a couple times, several times now, and it's still hard for me to pick out the lyrics without having the lyrics in front of me. Once I have the lyrics in front of me, yeah, sure, it's fine, and I get I enjoy the songs more when I can see the complexity of the lyrics and so on. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm commenting there is when I, because I also did the same, I do this with any album though, regardless of how clear the vocals are. I generally read along with the lyrics sometimes with certain albums. Yeah, uh, It's not a, a comment on their clarity or anything, but it's just more how I prefer to do it. I watch Netflix with subtitles on, you know, I'm one of those people. So I also get more joy while reading the lyrics as I was listening, you know, uh, through. Uh, if you're not that type of person who doesn't like really doing that, well, you know, consider it here because I think a lot of the writing is pretty, uh, pretty compelling. Instrumentally, the vocal melody on this track is very unique, and and I find her voice very captivating on the song. Uh, I find it very hard to describe exactly what she's doing here. I think you're just gonna have to listen to it to hear it yourself. But I made a comment here, and I think this kind of speaks to kind of what you were saying about the ranges and how I kind of want to comment on that a little bit. Uh, she does. This thing I start to refer to as reverse speed. Her voice decibels will, will like refuse to go above a certain level, or or else the bus is going to explode. She just refuses to go above a certain point. But so she pushes. She pushes it absolutely, and and that's kind of what I really like is that she's got this whisper sing, and when she goes into this into her upper range, which I wouldn't say is a a high range. It's like within this cold, calculating uh, singing style that she has, but it's almost like she's full with, of emotions and, and uh, she wants to sing higher. She wants to soar, but she won't let herself. And so her voice carries this characteristic of like bursting at the seams. She won't let herself sing higher, but like all the emotion is there that she just, she just almost could and she just won't speed vocals almost like she just won't go above this decimal but she still pushes this emotional performance out of her vocals anyway i think yeah she doesn't soar super high no but she certainly aims towards higher notes but her voice is simply not a loud voice Mm -hmm. and it gives this sense that yeah she's like someone who's holding back her emotions but she feels very deeply and so her voice is hitting this higher register but the but the volume of her voice just won't let her push beyond where it is her voice currently is on this record that's not necessarily a bad thing no right i I think it's actually really compelling and i really like it and And instead of going to this upper register sometimes her voice will crack yeah and and it'll, it'll go into like this whisper kind of range and i find it so compelling and such a great vocal performance i honestly 
and on a on a track like this, I notice there's there's less cymbals, there's less there's less higher notes coming from the other instruments, mm-hmm. and so her voice is able to stand out a little bit more because the instrumentation is not so loud. And on some of the slower tracks, most notably the last track, I really enjoy subdivisions her voice again sort of takes the it takes the lead a little bit it reclaims its old position from older albums and i i think she has a great voice like like you have been saying and so part of my problem with the album is that sometimes her voice gets drowned in the instrumentation but doesn't happen on this track so sure um this also a song i kind of mentioned uh when i was writing my notes I like how smooth the track is uh, in terms of instrumentals and the arrangements are very compelling. And a lot of these songs are structured in such a way that it's a build. And then there's a explosion near the end. It's kind of a similar format kind of as you go through some of these songs while, you know, kind of the drums will introduce and stay rampant throughout. And I started getting a little hyper-focused on the drums a little bit in my listening because of how prevalent and how core they were to these songs. And this is kind of around the area of my listening where I kind of started to notice that a little bit. Uh, But let's move on to Parking Lot. Parking Lot, I thought it was one of my more favorite lyrical tracks on the album. She uses this metaphor of, of a bird to describe her sensitivity. And I had this image of her sitting in the, in a parking lot before a show and just being too overcome with emotion to be able to go in and perform the show. And she describes this bird that she sees sitting on the roof at the beginning of the song. And then that metaphor goes away as the song progresses, but then she returns to it at the end. It's sort of like the closing image of the song. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, lyrically, it was one of the more cohesive tracks on the album. And then I also liked the piano arrangement on the song. It brought me back to Robber a little bit. Right. There was this image where she kind of talks about a ceiling. And I think she kind of shows this emotional reaction to this freedom this bird has. And then she also talks about... In the chorus, is it all right if I don't want to sing tonight? I know you're tired of seeing tears in my eyes, but are there not good reasons to cry? I swear I'm all right. Maybe you could just let it slide. And she seems to have like this emotional reaction to the bird just singing uh, freely, you know, as it wants, wherever, uh, in the sky and clouds or on top of this uh, of this building in the parking lot. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, Pretty interesting song. I, I again noted how she talks about uh, interesting ideas, uh, but avoids cliches when she does it, so that she's able to capture imagery and ideas a lot better. Yeah, she is essentially drawing a comparison between her and the bird, her as a singer, and the bird as you know, like a singing bird, like a chirping bird. But she doesn't make it cliche the way that she writes the lyrics. However, as you pointed out, she talks about how the be- how the bird is free to fly or sing however it wants, and then at the same time, it makes her be like, you know, I just don't want to sing tonight. Like, I'm I'm doing something that I don't want to do, and right. it's like she doesn't have she has this feeling of not being in control of her own artistic freedom. Uh, yeah, great song. Yeah, I think the lyrically is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, instrumentally, piano and string accompaniment come in and out when they're needed. I kind of get in the idea of the music at this point in the album. You know, you get the driving drums, company instrumentation, either strings, brass, piano, something here, something there. It'll peak, it'll, it'll build and, and peak and climax, and the songwriting brings it over the, to the next step uh, when some of the songwriting conventions get a little uh, familiar Uh, yeah i would uh, i would say that you know the strength of this band is in the songwriting and Mm -hmm. so as the album progresses it suffers a little bit from the curse of 
placing one of the best tracks, perhaps the best song on the album at the very beginning, mm-hmm. because then everything sort of slowly, even though good, goes downhill from there. Yeah, I, in fact, it's the next song, Lost, that I think is the weakest track on the album. Uh-huh, um, okay. Mostly because I think her writing is really bad on this track. In comparison to how well she writes on these other tracks, this feels like this faux deep, it's just not really up to the standard she's set for herself. Um, she's got like a lot of like straightforward kind of commentary. You know, the light shines through my window. It's just, just the creativeness and the avoidance of cliches that she's been doing really seems to like disappear on this song. And, and it's got back to some of the cliches and it's really kind of like high school level writing. Uh, I really didn't understand how her writing dipped so low on the song. So I didn't pay so much close attention to the lyricism on, the, on this song because... Whereas I was just mentioning, and we were both mentioning, how the instrumentation becomes a little bit predictable, maybe the arrangements, mm-hmm. like, you know you know what's coming. I would say starts to become a little slim on ideas. Mm-hmm. This song changes it up a little bit. It's the first song since Robber that we get a, that we get a saxophone again, which mm-hmm. for me was one of the key jazzy elements of this record which just sort of unfortunately speaking about the record as a whole becomes forgotten however it reoccurs again on loss and they also incorporate a synthesizer or a soundboard there which meshes well with what it is they're doing with the with the keyboard right and i thought it was just a nice sort of modern electronic touch on what is otherwise a jazzy album and it helped keep things fresh musically for me uh, i i thought they, they didn't do enough instrumental in this uh i was a little fatigued on this track again the lyrics didn't capture me so i was a little more critical of the instrumentation that drum driving drum as the core i was hyper focused on it at this point and i'm getting a little annoyed by this kind of like drum canvas that kind of took away some of the excitement of these later tracks because I knew it was coming. I knew it existed and I kind of had an idea of the instruments that were coming towards me. The I enjoyed the piano melody on this track. It's probably my highlight. It's very dreamy and lovely. Uh-huh. But overall, I thought it was on the weaker side from what she's been delivering up to this point. Maybe not bad in a vacuum, but in terms of the track list, I thought this was a lull. Okay, yeah, for me to f- mention or bring up what you were saying again, it was almost one of the more shoegazy tracks on the album. Okay. Anyways, going on to Separated? Uh, back on point with the lyrics on this track really makes Lost stand out as a weird outlier, even it, like going back to this one. Again, her ability to take the sound topic of a dying relationship and make it sound novel and new uh, was really compelling to me. So this one I thought started differently. Uh, you know, it's got the swirling of plucked strings, uh, angelic crescendo from the horns and the strings. Um, at this point in the album, I'm still enjoying the entirety of what's happening here. There's focus. Uh, like to see some more moments where the music would step in and take the main event a little bit more. Lyrically and vocally, she carries the album, but I'm starting to to get a little tired of the arrangement uh mostly with kind of the bubble the album gets in with the drum as the foundation it's kind of put them in kind of like a little box uh by the end of by the this point in the album yeah i agree and that's why that's why i liked lost because i thought okay we're getting some sacks here we're gonna start switching it up a little bit and I would agree that if Separated wasn't such a strong lyrical track, that it would mark the descent in quality of the album. Right. Because after Separated, for me, the the album yeah, becomes a little bit boring. But mm-hmm. let's focus on Separated for a bit before I get into 
my reservations about the rest of the album. This is, in my opinion, and like you mentioned, one of the stronger lyrical tracks on the record. Mm -hmm. And you said it was about a relationship, or that's how you perceived it. I thought it was not even not even necessarily a relationship, you know? It was just two people who couldn't see eye to eye, who couldn't form a meeting of the minds, which seems so common today in our present society. And just describing what that experience is like and how sycophantic it can be just how cruel people can be when you don't agree with their opinion or you have a you have a difference of opinion and i think she grounds this very well in again this wild canadian aesthetic of her lyricism and i'm just going to read a couple of the lyrics here i bore it by feel in my stupid desire to heal every rift every cut i feel as though i wield some power here i lay my hands over all your fear this gushing running river here that spills over these plains soaking in all this rain and as a canadian and i'm sure as a citizen of the world there's so much stark and strong imagery and what it is she's describing and yet it's still very clear what it is she's saying you know right right absolutely i i, I that's a beautiful little uh, stanza she she's wrote in here and she has plenty of them on the on this album yeah uh, well worth looking into and reading i think you're probably right uh, the reason i came away with the relationship uh, because uh, one of the lines in the chorus uh, struck me as very relatable. It's, you've committed to this wall we sleep against. And I had this image of two people sleeping in a bed and, you know, this the, this unspoken kind of tension when one of them, you know, is facing towards the wall and kind of separating themselves from the, the, the kind of the intimacy that would be with sleeping together. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I kind of pulled this relationship kind of topic. But... I think you're probably right with more of the grander scales to it. And I think that this was maybe just kind of a scripture to help get that feeling across. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure at some time in everybody's life, you've been laid down in bed with somebody, but never felt further apart from anybody else in the entire world. And mm -hmm. you yeah, can draw inspiration from that and place it in a different context, you know? And, right. Uh, Separate is uh, another one of those songs where I think her vocal performance is really good. The return of those speed vocals that I was talking about earlier, where she struggles to, to not struggles, but she gives this uh, feeling of struggle in her vocal performance, where she won't go over that certain decimal point, but she still like oozes the emotional uh, intensity behind it. Yeah, um, I think this song would have benefited a little bit if it was. And it reminded me of her, not her first album, but reminded me of how this girl has formed her sound, had, has formed this band based on a very minimalistic approach. Because as the album goes on, and especially this is a, is a great example, the music becomes a little bit stripped down. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Uh, Where, which is the next song, is a good example of that. Um, I probably feel feel where is a better loss uh, in terms of the tracks. Uh, I thought this one opened a little better. Uh, it's a welcome change of pace, uh, pace with the compilation of the music. The piano and drum kind of take turns. They they go back and forth. You'll get a little bit of the piano and a little bit of drum will come in, and, and the drum isn't like over dominating the track like it is on some of these other uh, songs on the album. And uh, it kind of like takes turns with uh, some of the other instruments. And I enjoyed that in this uh, section. Uh, it'll occasionally stop and horns and piano will fill small faces, uh, spaces until the chorus. Then the chorus comes in, the drums will come in, gives it some energy. Uh, I enjoyed the structure of the song a lot better than um, some of the other ones. And I thought this was a welcome change of pace in the late end, but there was still a little too much of some of the other structure ideas in general but i thought where was a good uh good change of pace i wish it was a little earlier in the track list i wish it was in that lost spot and uh again i, I wasn't big on loss but uh, i feel like this was kind of 
what how you were describing Lost, but for me it was I found it in where. Well, after separated and until subdivisions, even though subdivisions is it, it makes no sense for me, but after separated, the album sort of dips in tempo and it becomes a little bit it becomes a little bit boring for me. It becomes the tracks don't bounce from one to the other very well. They because they sound so similar. And while it makes sense on the B side of the record and the record has sort of been working up to this slower pace by starting out so strong, it, it, it begins to wear on me, especially uh, with uh, with wear and trust and I'm just, um, it, it's where my listening begins to grind to a halt. For, for songs that are built on pace uh, and pacing of the instrumentals so, so much, uh, I thought that this album was paced a little weird. Uh, I thought these songs like Weir and Trust and the slower uh, tempo songs probably could have benefited from being somewhere else in the track listing uh, to really pop them a little more or add a little bit more yeah. variety as the album was going on. It did kind of feel like they tossed them at the end and it kind of hurts them being right next to each other. I thought, because trust is a very similar kind of song lyrically a bit of divorce. Well, at least that's kind of how I perceived There's There's probably a lot of different layers you can pull from a lot of these songs uh, when you're reading through, but I kind of got the idea of a divorce, or at least that's the metaphor she's working within. If again, I kind of I felt like this was a weird pacing. It could have worked better in the middle. Uh, it's a piano-focused track. Much uh, appreciated to hear that in the track list. Uh, really enjoyed more of the space and the minimalism, and, and really just kind of like the sparseness of the drums, which I was getting tired of at this point. It does a lot to make it sound new. It is a five-minute song. It's kind of like kind of a trudge to get through in the late part of the album, but it does sound a little different. I just wish. The album was paced a little better and formatted a little better. And I think what you're, I think what you're saying about the pacing certainly becomes abundantly clear when you get to this section of the album. There's these three songs: "Where Trust and Heart," mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, just on repeated listens, I'm skipping over these songs, you know. And right. they, there's not really, other than Robber, a standout track on this record not that that's necessarily a bad thing because some records work as like a cohesive piece right almost like a concept piece yes you know I and this is quite get that here, somewhat of, neither neither did i neither did i yeah i thought maybe where and trusted a little bit to alleviate my fatigue with the album uh or a temperate but it really was kind of too little too late by that point and and heart ended up being a, a lull for me as well. Really hard to like, really care about it. What uh, what what did you think about the the last track, Subdivisions, the concluding track of the album? I, I lyrically I enjoyed the song. Um, I did still think it kind of fit a little bit into that little pocket. Um, there's more piano, uh, and I like her vocal performance. It just kind of feels a little bit in in the pocket. See this this song. It's one of my favorite vocal performances on the album. I don't know what it is. Her voice just it feels so. It sounds so tender. It really almost uh, breaks that glass ceiling you and me were speaking of earlier. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but she introduces a little bit of steel guitar in the background on this song, and it conjures those country folk sounds and that aesthetic that maybe for me it plays into her voice so well and i think maybe this transition into a jazz rock aesthetic was a bit of a failed experiment in the sense that her voice doesn't play into it so well and if you listen to her earlier music i think it becomes quite obvious that she's changing her singing style a little bit Sure, I don't have that perspective because I hadn't really listened to her earlier work. Um, I would just say, I think a lot of the other tracks that maybe we weren't so pleased with 
would have benefited if they would have went deeper into this jazz rock aesthetic you like use the saxophone you open up the tra the album with this strong combination of sax and piano mm -hmm. and then the sax just sort of fades away like i miss the saxophone as the album goes on right the, it, the, the album starts off really strong instrumentally as well a lot of the ideas are really unique and even throughout the album i think the instrumental ideas on robber are unique within the album nonetheless their sound as a whole discography. But in the end, how, how would you concisely describe this album uh, and your feelings with it? I would describe this album as someone who has dived a little deeper into the Weather Station's discography. I would describe this album, even though it has so much critical reception and so, and so on, as an, as an artist in transition. As an artist taking a leap of faith, as an artist taking a step into new territory. Do you like where she's going, or do you think she should turn around? No, I think I like where she's going, and I think it's quite obvious. As soon as you listen to Robber, like this woman has captured a sound. She has, she's one of the best lyricists I've heard in contemporary music, mm -hmm. honestly, and lately. Um, but she just needs to, I think there was a little bit of holding back maybe like she could have went to the steel guitar. She could have went to the saxophone more. She could have, mm -hmm. she just wasn't there yet to have the confidence to combine all the influences that she has. Right. And, uh, and so there's, once we get to the second half of this album, the deeper B sides wear thin. Right, I think I would agree. Uh, this is an album I think that is got a lot of potential. There's a lot of like really strong tracks here. I tried to tell you, Atlantic, Robber, Parking Lot. Usually the first four, I, I would generally say, uh, even separated. I think I would include them there. I think it does wear thin on ideas. Uh, kind of runs uh, runs out near the end. Um, her writing is good, a little bit inconsistent on some tracks, uh, but mostly good. I enjoy what I heard here. I liked your voice a lot. I didn't really have your comment on the voice. I don't have that perspective of her previous voice. I like what she was doing with her voice. I didn't mind where it was in the mix. Uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it added to the overall feel of the uh, of the album. But I did feel like they kind of didn't didn't have the ideas to fill an album when it came to this new direction. And uh, I think in the end it kind of damages a little bit of the overall present presentation even though there is like some real soaring highs on here and to your point that never occurred to me uh the album just has a pacing problem because like we were saying the idea is a little bit thin as the record goes on and it didn't do a good job of spreading out its best tracks throughout the record it, it, mm -hmm. Most of the best tracks really come on that A side. Mm -hmm. However, I do really stand behind the concluding track subdivisions. I thought it was sure. a beautiful. I thought it was a beautiful vocal performance to close the album. Probably a little bit of a diamond in the rough of the of the late uh, the B side. We'll say. Yeah. Uh, in terms of toe in tracks, I think it's obvious. I'm going to go with Robber. I think yeah. that's a fantastic one. I would even say tried to tell you is also great. Probably somewhere in between those two songs, I would I would recommend. Tried to tell you is the biggest single on the record. It, it came to a surprise to me because Robber is such a great track, man. Like exactly, uh, I would say Robber is the best track on the album. Yeah, for sure. And right. and the, and the the record suffers suffers from it in a little bit. You know, like uh, there's this track or there's this line at the end of Robber. Um, excuse me, Martin Scorsese's uh, Raging Bull. And Robert De Niro speaking at the end of the movie, and he says, it's like this peak you reach, and then it's all downhill from there. And the album really starts at the peak, and then, although it's good, and I don't want to sound too negative, it does slowly make its way downhill as the album progresses. Right, so what would you, uh, what would you rate this album? You know, it's... My, my first inclination is to say a six... However, the songwriting is just so strong 
that I mm-hmm. think if you're somebody who sits down and reads the lyrics along with the album and maybe checks out some of the YouTube videos, like I mentioned earlier, the album really lifts itself up to, to a seven. And um, it's, it's, but at this, it's a, it's a, it's a work in progress in my mind. And it's also an album that I think becomes better the more you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna settle on a seven, but it it just it just makes it there. Like I don't want to do these in between scores, like six point five, but right. this, album, kinda... this album is definitely one of those albums that warrants this in between score. And who would you recommend this to? I would recommend it to people who like uh, folk rock music for sure, you know, because it's got such a strong lyrical thrust. Um, People who are country music fans, I would say give it a crack because even if this record is not for you, a lot of her discography, the Weather Station discography, may appeal to you. And uh, yeah, as a Canadian, when I traveled a little bit in Canada and worked, worked, in different provinces, it was a little bit shocking to me to see how popular country music was. And um, I think as Canadians, we need to get behind our own artists a little bit more. And yeah. Uh, my score evolved as I listened to this album. And initially, at the gate, I listened to Robert and I was like, man, this is going to be like a nine. This, <laughs> yeah. album, this album is going to, is like blowing me away. And like, even going into Atlantic and tried to tell you, I was still on that train. I was like, uh-huh. this is a solid nine. This is a great <laughs> album. Uh, uh, like, maybe the 10 if this keeps going. But by the time like Lost comes around and the Slater tracks, like, it really starts chipping away. And it, it kind of came an eight to me. And then I was like, huh, is it a seven? It's an incomplete package. And there are parts of this album that are so strong. And then there's other parts of this album that are to be desired. And so it ends up pulling it down to like the seven range where like I'm averaging songs that are fives and that songs that are nines. Yeah. And it kind of ends up in that seven range. Uh, the first half of this album is a strong nine, in my opinion. We're up to, I'll even get the first six tracks, I'll say. It's a strong nine for me. Uh, after that, even though I did like some of the songs, it just kind of pulls away. I get kind of, fatigued with the structure of the songs uh especially the the, the drum uh, i became hyper focused on that at, at one point in terms of who i'd recommend this to i think people who are very interested in uh female vocalists i think she has a very interesting uh perspective and angle i think there's a lot of performances on this album in terms of her vocals that are very strong and i think are worth listening to uh folk listeners uh obviously i think this is a I definitely check into uh, Canadian. You want to support local artists. I think it's also great. People who who kind of uh, want to explore a little bit outside their 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 range uh, for something that's a little different. I think this this album, at least in its ideas, are novel for them and maybe novel for a lot of listeners. Even though it does fatigue by the end of it, the general idea on the album, I think. It's still good, it's still compelling, and probably better and more to come. I, I can see uh, the Weather Station crafting their magnum opus with this idea, but further in the line with some more, some more learning and more crafting and a little more editing around the the rough spots. Well, like you like you were just saying, yeah, like the band is just growing, and they're only going to evolve from here. They're not a band that stays static for long. And so, yeah, maybe a low seven is a bit of tough love, but uh, it's an excellent record. It, it really is, but it just has some some really weak points, and for that reason, drags the score down. Right, but, some glaring uh, issues that really... Kind of, yeah, kind of like take what is a, a great idea and these great songs and kind of muddies them a little bit in the grand scheme of it. Uh, I, I'm a stronger seven. I'm more confident seven than you, I would say. Leaning a little bit towards the eight range. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I think seven is probably a uh, respectable and 
appropriate uh, well, scoring for this. Yeah, I mean, uh, on repeated listens, I just I couldn't listen to the record from front to back. So for that reason, I, I, there's no way I can give it an eight. Um, but it, but like we mentioned earlier, this record is making uh, waves in Europe, in Canada, in North America, in the UK. And so we are just one opinion. Uh, many people are rating it higher than we have. So it is certainly worth your while to go check out. And right. I, I, I support the band. I support mm-hmm. the band. I'm uh, excited to see what comes next because I think it could be a, a, a real groundbreaking album if they can really pull all the pieces together uh, with the effort and the singing and the songwriting on this album and just tighten it up a bit. This could be really something special. And yeah. not that this isn't special. This is like a real... A eureka moment i think i think this is the the right way to go it just needs to you know kind of figure it out a little bit more yeah yeah so that's ignorance yeah next week we'll be back with another album uh there's a few ideas up in, up in the air so i'm not going to tease anything specifically but uh, i'm looking forward to uh to finding something nice to listen to us for for next week well uh i've had my eyes on the horizon and I was wondering if you have had your eyes on the horizon also, because one of your favorite bands, or one of uh, who I believe to be your favorite bands, have a new release coming up at the end of next month. Are you well aware of this? No, I'm not aware of this. Okay, I'm curious so, uh, what you're talking about. Okay, so you know Zhu Zhu have a new album oh. called A Bottle of Rum. Oh, that's exciting! And it's a duet album. Every song on the tr- on the on the album features a guest artist. Okay, okay. And they, I would encourage you to go listen to the single they have released. It's very good. Okay, and we'll, we'll, we might just end up uh, reviewing that. I have, uh, I've been short sighted. I've been looking week to week. When it comes to these album reviews uh, a few weeks ahead maybe for uh, some of them that have caught my attention but i'm generally ignorant to uh what we're going to see in uh t2 t3 and t4 of this year uh so going into summer i should expect a lot but we'll see yeah well i'm very excited for this juju record because those guys uh they always put out something original it's always mm-hmm. original yes well that's a little teaser for that in the future uh we'll see you next time Okay, yeah, see you next time. Check out Ignorance.